right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to yet another edition of Drunk Agile. As you can see in the background, we have the star of the show, Nisha. She's actually more alert than she normally is. So, Oh, give it five minutes. But okay, she'll be passed out. <laughs> um, as always, we're Nisha's sidekicks. Uh, my name is Daniel Vacanti. With me is... Big thing. And... Um, as is customary, we're gonna we'll start off by talking about what what the heck we're drinking tonight. So, Pratik, you want to go? Yeah. So, as we mentioned the last couple of times, our our, our supplies here are running low. Yeah, so, Dickens. I'm having an old fashioned today with my with with with, with a with a relatively reliable old, uh, bourbon. It's a it's Long Branch. It by it's it's an it's a it's a wild turkey um, expression. It by itself is not very strong so it goes beautifully in an old-fashioned so brings out all the flavors of an old-fashioned so that's where we are today i'm slumming it again drinking whiskey with an e as well because you know again we're it's, it's it really is just slim pickings around here oh, um i went with something yeah i went with something that Pratik had earlier in the legion i was just reading i didn't realize it's it's a this is actually finished in a wine and sherry cask yeah i didn't notice that before so uh, you might have said it but you know i don't listen to you uh, 40, 47%. So, and I as well, cause I, cause you know, I can't drink anything that has an E in it straight. Uh, so I made an old passion as well. So, uh, cheers everybody. Uh, this is the second on our journey of kind of getting back to the basics of, of agile and lean. Last time we started uh, with, you know, hey, what, what does it mean to even just define a workflow and even visualize a workflow and some tips and, and tricks around um, the importance, you know, of starting with, with, with that basic definition. Um, but now, now this, is, this is the episode, I think, where the rubber hits the road, where we talk more about, all right, now that we've got that workflow defined, um, how do we actually leverage it? How do we actually operate it to optimize the delivery of, of value, whatever that, whatever that value is? So, um, I know both Pratik and I have, as you can imagine, we have uh, <laughs> very biased opinions on this. Uh, do, you, do you want to start us off with, with, with some thoughts? About well, yeah. So, so probably the thing that people associate most with this, you know, actively managing the workflow and getting things flowing, probably, especially when you hear the word Kanban, the thing people associate the most with is are whip limits. Yep. It's probably as good a place as any to start. And the, the, just... Um, spoiler alert, just setting whip limits is not enough, <laughs> but, um, but that's, that's the place to, I, I think that's the place to start. Yep. It's, a, it's a necessary but not sufficient condition. Yep. Um, and and because we do call this drunk agile, but this has a, a very decided Kanban or flow bent to it. Um, but I think a lot of people assume when we say whip limits, uh, you know, the, 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 the first thing that, that kind of is conjured up in their mind is a board with several columns and every single column has a work in progress limit. And that's what they think Kanban is. And let's, let's just debunk that myth right away. Let's talk about why that is just not important and, and potentially not even the best way to start at all. So I, do, you, do you have some thoughts about that? Of course yeah, I do. Yeah, but. I mean, I, I have, I actually have pretty strong opinions about that. I, I don't, I even think that the, per column whip limit is probably an anti-pattern. Mm. There are much better ways to do that. But regardless, regardless of how you limit whip in your system, regardless of how you, whether it's putting whip limits on, the, on all columns or it's putting whip limits across the row, 
or going into a sprint planning meeting and saying over the next two weeks, we're going to focus on only these five items, regardless of how you limit WIP, as long as you're limiting WIP, you know, you're, you're optimizing your workflow, you're managing your workflow. So that just, just putting numbers on top of a column is not the only way to limit WIP. Yeah, and my, my biggest, you know, have, having talked this for, for a long time now, my biggest problem with the, the numbers on, well, I've got so many problems, but one of my biggest problems with the numbers on the columns is, you know, people want the, the super secret formula for what does it take to get that number exactly right? And that's one of the biggest problems is there is no, there is no formula to get that number. And people, are, people become more worried about the actual number than the mechanics of pull and flow themselves, which is, that's what, I mean, what we're really after is, is flow to optimize value. The, the number in a lot of instances is largely irrelevant. I mean, it's not, but it is. You know, but people just say focus way too much, and they put way too much emphasis on that. And when they don't get that number right, then they say, oh, well, you know, Kanban doesn't work, right? It's just, you know, it's just, it's just no good. Yes, it's just, we're, 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 de we're usually dealing with such analytical folks and- Yeah, and-, and, and Thinking in ranges, comes really hard to them and there's, there's, there's not a real answer. There are probably multiple real answers depending on where you are. Yeah, and, and getting people past the idea of that number has to be exactly perfect right off the bat to more of, all right, how do we make that number as low as possible but not lower so that we're prompting conversations just mm -hmm. in time or at the right time? I mean, that's really, that's really what that number is there for, is to prompt. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting for me because the folks who teach it or, or all of us who practice it, we say inspect and adapt so many times about the products we're building, but we don't say it enough about the process we're developing. Right. So that, that, that exactly is it. If you're inspecting, adapting, how many things should, should ever be in progress with this? Yeah. And I would say, I would, I would say probably inspect and adapt is, is more useful for process than product, but that's, that's, that's a whole other episode. That's, that's, that's that's, we're, we're going to need a double old fashioned for that one. Um, so yeah, so, so let's talk about, okay, so if, if, if column whip limits aren't necessarily the answer and potentially the anti-pattern, what are, what are some alternatives? When, when we're, we just talk about, we're, again, we're just talking about limiting whip right now. This is only the first half of the conversation, by, by the way. Um, what, what, what are some other options? What, what, what should people consider? So the, 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 there, there are multiple other things you consider. But the, the thing that, that I feel like teams should go to first and again, this is completely just my bias. I could be completely wrong about this. Is to say, how many things are we comfortable having on our board total at any given time? Things that have started but not finished. What is that number? That's, let's, let's find that correct number, or not correct, but as correct as possible. Let's find that number and let's start there. It covers everything. And uh, what for me, what that, what that helps with is, to say that everyone is essentially responsible for everything and it doesn't have that segregation of, oh, dev has six. If dev has five and QA has 10, I don't have to worry about that. I can pull one in. Um, the place I would rather team start is this con, what's called a con whip system of, you know, my board, our board cannot have more than 10 things on it at any given time. And what's so funny about that is, you know, as is so many things, we were talking about this before the, the show started, as is so many things in Kanban, that, that con-whip approach is kind of seen as the anti-pattern. A lot of times it's described as the anti-pattern when you and I have both, you know, have a lot of experience with that being, you know, if not the best place to start, 
one of the best options out there to, to start with, with introducing Kanban and then, and then ratcheting it, it, it down from there. So, so yeah, so don't, don't, don't get bought into this thing that, don't necessarily get bought into the thing that we have to have a work in progress limit on every column. Having one global one across the whole board or several columns grouped together, you know, whatever. However, the, remember the point is that you're just controlling work in progress. Right? That, that's, that's what makes Kanban work, the fact that you're controlling work in progress, not exactly what the number is or not that you've got it right. So the thing is, segueing, in, segueing into the second half of the conversation, one of the ways that you know, potentially know that maybe that number is set right or not, is based on the, the actual much more powerful technique. When we talk about actively managing your workflow, there's a much more powerful technique than just limiting work in progress. And what is that technique? And for me, and, and again, this is this is the this is the least this is the most ignored technique <laughs> across the board, which is actively managing the age of the items that are in progress. How long have things been active and not yet gotten done? What is the age of each item? And it is potentially in my opinion, more important than even limiting whip. I mean, I think they both go hand in hand, but you can imagine the condition where you limited everything to 10 items, but two of them have been active for a hundred days. <laughs> <laughs> that means 80% of your items are doing okay. 20%, a fifth of your items are actually not doing okay. And that, that I think in itself is, is, is a huge thing. In fact, I actually believe if you manage, if you're, if you're managing the age of items really well, you might not even need to limit whip, but that's, I, I haven't seen many proofs of that in, 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 in the wild yet. It's, it's probably true, but that, that, I think that's why you and I both, both feel so strongly about managing age is because everything else from uh, active management of flow perspective pretty much can be derived from looking at age. E mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, setting work in progress limits, your, your blocker policies, your, your policies in general, your visualization, everything, everything, you know, how you're setting your workflow. When, when do we start? When do we finish? All of that really can be derived from looking at that one metric. And, you know, so much is made of leading versus lagging indicators. You know, I think, I think honestly, that debate is largely academic, like so many other things. But um, if there is such a thing as a leading indicator, you know, if, if, if there is a way to get a signal as soon as possible that maybe something's going wrong, age is it. And age is all we got, you know, as, as far as, as that. So, you know, if you're not looking at age, you need to look at age. Yep. But, uh, so, so, so what, are, what are some things that we can do? I mean, uh, how do we know if things are, because age in and of itself is arbitrary, right? I mean, right. It, 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 we, we have to have some benchmark that, uh, you know, to yeah. which we're comparing so that we know, well, you know, is, is this too old, too young? I mean, so how, how do we use this age thing? What do we? Yeah, I mean, what, what better to use than your own data, right? What, what better to say, hey, usually we get things done, for example, in 10 days or less. Um, but this thing has been already been active for nine days and it's nowhere close to getting done. So probably there's something wrong with this thing. We should, we should, we should take action on it. Um, the, the 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 way we talk about it usually is to say let's look at all your past data and let's see how long does it take for whatever 70 percent of your items to get done 85 percent of your items to get done 95 whatever service level expectation you want to set whatever you want to say 
to your customers, hey, 80% of the time I get things done in 10 days or less, or 90% of the time I get things done in 15 days or less. Let's, let's, set, let's, let's pick that, draw a line in the sand and say, 85% of the time we get things done in 10 days or less, um, and we will manage our process to that, to figure out, is, are things getting too old? Are things, getting, are things really um, flowing the way they should? That, 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 let's use your data to figure out, is this one item conforming to your system or not? Right. Yeah, so this is key. This, this, this is the key point, I think, of the, of, of the whole podcast. So we, we should probably, or video or whatever the hell, heck this thing is. I don't even know what this thing is. Um, so I think we, sh we should spend a little bit of time doing just a little bit of a deep dive on this thing. Um, when we talk about using our historical data and comparing the current age to, uh, to historical data, um, couple things, you know, a couple things immediately spring to mind um, for me. Um, so I'm just going to pick one and, and, and we'll talk about it and hopefully we'll get to all of them. All right. So I, I have my past data. I have some reasonable assessment of, um, of risk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you said, okay, 80, we, we don't, we really don't want our stuff to age past 80, 80% 80 of what our history has been or, or whatever. I didn't quite say that right, but um, what do I do? Okay. So in your example, maybe I've got an item in this first column. My service level expectation is 10 days or less, but I've got an item in the first column that's at nine days. Well, but stuff just takes as long as it takes, right? I mean, that's, that's Kanban. Kanban says that, right? You, can't, you yeah. can't force an item to take less time, right? Wow. That's, uh, I'm, just, I'm just teeing uh, you up. Just teeing you up. Take, uh, take a drink. Take a swig. Take a swig, yeah. <laughs> Should I just switch to the bottle at this point? <laughs> uh, um, so... The thing is that it, that is the one thing that is so hard to argue against because people don't have context on because as a developer, I can just go, hey, yeah, you know what, that, this kind of stuff just takes 30 days. It just does, there's nothing. But at the same time, things in the past have not. So we, we got that number, whatever, 10 days from the past, which probably means that with this particular item, something is going wrong. Either it is, it, it absolutely is an exception. It, it absolutely is one of those things that just cannot. And if it is an exception, it's an exception. That's fine. You know, 85% means that one out of six is going to be like that. But beyond that, I think, but that shouldn't be our first assumption. That, that, that's probably, it's, um, it's, a, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. Because <laughs> well, it's an exception, we should treat it exceptionally, right? Except, we shouldn't exactly. Yeah, we shouldn't assume going in that every case <laughs> is the exception, right? That, exactly. You keep saying that word. I don't think you <laughs> think mean. means what you think it means. Yeah. So th th then let's get down to hey, is this is this a systemic problem? Is this thing held up because of because hey, um, there's only one person we have who has expertise in this, and that person she gets pulled off for other things over and over again. If it's a systemic problem, let's solve, let's solve the systemic problem. It's, it's telling us that's a, that is what the issue is. Or is it a problem specific to this item? That, hey, usually our items have three acceptance criteria. This one has 30. <laughs> maybe it's something specific to this one, or maybe we haven't spent enough time figuring out what are the smallest pieces of this item we can actually get feedback on, actually get out there and, and start, start getting some feedback. So. 
I would eliminate system causes and individual item causes before saying this is the exception. Right. And this is, this is when we, if, if we ever get to our, our program on variability, we will be, I'm sure we will do a whole show on variability. This is, this is one of the key things that you will need to understand about variability. Cause really what we're talking about here is, is variability. And that is when variability shows up in your process and variability will show up. I mean, not every item that flows through your process is going to take the same amount of time, right? We're not going to be able to get, you know, everything done in exactly 10 days. We're not going to be able to always have the exact same throughput every day, right? There is, there is just going to be natural variability. It's, it's intrinsic to what we do. Variability is just intrinsic. So once, once you can embrace that, once you accept that and you can embrace that, then the next thing you need to accept and the next thing you need to embrace is when variability rears its ugly head, the vast majority of the time, it's down to stuff that you're doing, right? It's not just down to random stuff that's just bad things. It's not just bad luck, right? It's not just bad things that are happening. Happening, The vast, vast majority of the time, uh, and depending on who you talk to, if you go back to Schuert, he would say, you know, 99% of the time, it's stuff you're doing and it's not stuff, and it's not this exceptional stuff. And so that's why I think you're making the point about you know, we, we need to look at these other causes, things that we're doing. You know, we haven't broken up the, the item properly. Um, we're not swarming. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe the acceptance criteria is unclear. Um, you know, whatever. There's, there's all kinds of, there's, you know, dozens and dozens of things that might be going wrong, stuff that we're doing that is causing this thing not to flow. And that's where you need to look first rather than, ah, well, you know, that's just is what it is. And, Lay, yeah, lay, a, play, lay, lay over and play dead, just like Nisha is doing there, right? That's, that's how most development teams look, right? Five minutes, who had five minutes? <laughs> that's, that's what they look like when stuff's taking too long. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's, uh, my, my favorite example for this is like, is driving to work, right? You're not gonna have the exact minutes and seconds down. You, you just won't, it, it'll vary a little bit because there are traffic lights, there are things that happen. Um, but every once in a while, you know, there'll be an accident on the highway. So you'll, th that is external. But the, but the fact that you leave when rush hour starts is under your control. If you leave during rush hour, you're causing the variability, not, <laughs> not anything else. Leave in half an hour earlier, you will have a lot, uh, you'll have a system that's a lot less variable. Pratik, just for those of you who don't know, so we're, we're, we're both in South Florida. We're, we're from, South, we're, we live in South Florida right now. And, you know, it's South Florida rules on the, on the roads down here. And, you know, Pratik, uh, Pratik takes control, right? I mean, it's like one, one thing of variability he controls. doesn't matter if the speed limit's 35. He's doing 90 in that thing. He can take care of it. Yeah, yeah it's like, right? We can, we, we can fix this. If, so, if we're going that fast, we're not cutting anyone off. I got, I got, it's like, <laughs> I'm taking control of this, yeah. Um, so this is why the, the, the two magic ingredients to the secret sauce, if you will, of this active management of, of work in progress, the one that gets all the, all the attention, all the glory, which is limiting work in progress. And like we said, that's, that's necessary, but not sufficient. Um, these, I would argue, the more necessary and, and potentially sufficient is this paying attention to aging. If you're not, if you want to get to a flow-based system, the single, I think, biggest thing that you can do, change that you can make, is start tracking you know, the, the metric of item age uh, and start managing to that. You know, bring it up, if, if you're doing dailies, daily meetings, either a stand-up or daily scrum, whatever, 
start introducing it into your daily scrum, you know, however you can introduce this metric. To me, that is by far, by far and away, by far the biggest bang for the buck. If you haven't mastered, quote unquote, mastered the art of aging, then I don't know what you're doing messing around with any of this other stuff, really, to be, to be honest. Because and, 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 and just to supplement that, it doesn't matter if you're doing Kanban, if you're doing Scrum, you're doing XP. None, it, a work item age doesn't care about which process you follow. Even if you're doing waterfall, work item age doesn't care. If, you, if, you, if you're able to manage age, it's, it's, um, it, I, I, I'll attribute it to you, but I don't know who you got it from. It's not that you... Uh, you become predictable. It's you do predictability. Work, uh, watching work item age and 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 taking action on it is doing predictability on a daily basis. Yep. Just quick shout out to my friend Bennett Ballot. Bennett was the guy who who coined that. You know, he he's he's big on predictability is a verb, right? He's very 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 big on that. So I, I got that from him. So quick shout out. If you don't know Bennett, you should really go look up his stuff. Um, all right. So we've talked about we've talked about the big things. Uh, limiting work in progress, paying attention to aging, the, the biggest stuff. We should probably talk about it, just kind of a few other things that are going to come up. You know, things like, uh, you know, managing blockers, um, you know, yeah. uh, defining policies, things like, I don't know. Do you, we, just in the interest of more completeness, we should probably say a few things about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and let's talk about that because I'll throw this back to you because, frankly, what, what happens when a team starts watching aging is they, they quickly realize that, okay, yeah, sure, some things are under our control, we can take care of this, but there they're are often things that happen that are outside of our control. I, I, I could get this done if Microsoft just fixed that bug in their system. Um, and so I have to throw it back to Microsoft and because we are a .NET shop, we can't get past this, um, what do I do? So that, and at that point, that item is aging while it's in our system, but I can't do anything about it. We as a team can't do it. What do we do, Dan? Cry. Usually, I, I usually curl up in a ball just like Nisha. And Microsoft, so I just fetal, yeah. Right there, yeah. <laughs> fetal position and cry. I mean, there's, I mean, there's without without going too deep into the you know all the stuff we talk about in our class. Um, you, I mean, you, you've got you've got several options. Um, Number one, first, first and foremost, we, we definitely want to quantify the effect of that um, of that dependency of that blockage or whatever. So you know, if you're if you're not actively flagging things in real time as blocked and tracking the amount of time that they're blocked, you know, then anything else that we say doesn't really matter. So the first the first thing that we need to do is actually try try and try and quantify that, um, so that we can then hopefully adjust our policies based on you know, this, this thing, because we know, because if over the course of us doing work and we know if this item gets blocked by Microsoft bug, it's probably six months before the thing is ever really going to get fixed. Now we can start making, you know, a, a more, uh, a more proactive decision around, well, is this really the right thing to be working on right now? You know, if Microsoft's not going to get back to us for six months and we really can't make progress on this item for six months, well, uh, do we really want to keep it in progress for, for that time? Do we want to, do we want to, you know, maybe move it to the backlog is, or, or move it to done is canceled or move it to the backlog to pull it in later, right? You know, all, you know, all, all of those things. Or is it one of these things that, well, you know, we're, we're waiting on customer sign off. Customer says they're going to get back to us in a couple of days. Um, and, uh, you know, we can't release into production until we have that customer sign off. 
is it okay for us to just leave it in, you know, in progress for a couple of days until we get that customer sign off? And again, we know that if any item comes along that where we need this customer sign off, we're probably going to have to add two or three days of cycle time to that service level expectation that you're talking about. So um, I would say first and foremost, you absolutely have to quantify um, the, these blockers when they happen so that we can make much better, much more data informed decisions about what's the right, right decision, uh, right action to take. I don't know. Do you have something to add to that? No, no, I, I didn't. That's perfect. But just, just, just um, um, trigger alert. Uh, what if, what if this isn't an external dependency? But you know, we we're working on this thing, and then something more important showed up, and you know, we absolutely have to jump on this. And uh, wow. <laughs> at that yeah. point. If, if, if we have to put this on hold, wh what do we do in that case? Yeah, um, don't is, is, <laughs> is, is the short answer. Um, I don't know if that should be part of the, the variability conversation or either, but um, this is, and this is, this is one thing I have to give, you know, a lot of credit to, to our boss, the guy that we work with at, at Ultimate Software, Steve Reed, is, you know, some, some policies that he put in place when these urgent items show up, because they are gonna show up, right? I mean, there, there's stuff that's gonna come along that is gonna demand our immediate attention. But the real question is, how immediate does that attention need to be? Um, and if, if we're running a predictable system, if, if we're like Pratik was talking about earlier, if we're running a fairly predictable system where we know things are finished, roughly things are finishing every day, and hopefully multiple things are finishing every day, and this urgent item shows up, the question, the immediate question becomes, well, we know something's going to finish today. Can we give it a couple hours and wait till something finishes before we pull this urgent item in rather than just arbitrarily blocking something and, and pulling it in a much, 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 and you wouldn't think just that simple decision. You wouldn't think that that has a big, big impact, but it has a huge impact on predictability. Can we at least just wait a couple hours until this, this thing finishes? Probably most, 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 most of the urgent or urgent work would fall into that category of, you know, yeah, we can't hold off for an hour or two until something else finishes to pull that in. Yeah. The yeah, rare, rare, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please finish. I was just gonna say the rare, the rare, 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 and they are rare, they are rare. They should be, what, literally 0.1% of the time, probably of the items where you should be dropping everything to work on. Well, in that, in that case, yes, you drop everything to work and you block it. But again, we're, we're quantifying it. And then your, your flow is just gonna be screwed up for a while while that thing's being worked on, so. And what, what were you yeah. going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, that, yeah, exactly. That, that, that attitude of when someone yells, we just pick it up is, is, is the exact opposite of the stop starting, start finishing stuff. Um, in, in, the, in the earlier, and this, is, this, this just happens to be my favorite example again, in the earlier traffic example, you, you don't want just random people to cut in front of you. You don't. It, that, <laughs> yeah. that, the the on-ramp to Royal Palm, right? This yeah, is this yeah. what you're talking about. Right <laughs> if, you, if you're on the, uh, by, by the way, yeah, again, South Florida reference, but I'm sure everyone has this. You have an off-ramp from a highway and there is, there's a light on it. People just try to cut in front of you if, you, if there are a lot of people lined up. And, and, you should not allow that to happen because it only delays how long it takes for everyone else to get on. But, but if it's an ambulance, you have to let it through, but you have to set the bar that high. Yeah. It has to be an ambulance. It has to be life 90, or death. It has to yeah, be life exactly. 99.9% yeah. .9 of the time, people cutting in front of you, it's not an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> but when it is, yeah, it, it makes sense. Allow for it. But see, so, you know, 
For those of you who know Pratik, you know he doesn't get very angry very often. At least he doesn't show that he gets angry very often. But you're sitting in a car with him when somebody when somebody in front of him is letting someone in. And when, and he's got an interesting perspective, you know, because a lot of people get mad at the actual person who's doing the cutting in. But that's not the, the right place to place your anger, to direct your anger. That's not, it's the people who let that happen. Exactly. That, that person is doing what's best for them. They are going, this is what makes me the most efficient. It's everyone else. I don't understand. I don't, just don't understand. How are you making your own life less efficient and being happy about it? I don't get it. This is why we talk about traffic on the show, ladies and gentlemen. So you can see, <laughs> you can see Pratik get worked up about something. He won't get worked up about anything else. Next time, when the, when the Cricket World Cup is on, we'll talk about by that By the way, too. they pushed the T20 World Cup uh, already. Uh, uh, yeah. Time to break up the black armbands. You know, I don't know. Yeah. In, in national uh, national mourning, six months of mourning now or something. So um, anything else, just to kind of kind of tie a bow around the active management of work in, in, in progress. So we, we talked, again, we talked about work in progress. We talked about um, aging. We've talked about just general policies. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, any, anything else you want to say to wrap, wrap things up for active? No, again, I, I, would just, I would just go back to what, to, to Bennett's uh, words of, you know, you, 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 don't expect your system to be predictable if you don't do predictability on a daily basis. If you, this, this active management of work, this thing that we do on a daily basis is the bedrock of predictability. Yep. If you do this stuff on a daily basis, the rest of it just takes care of itself. May, maybe you guys have heard of the, the product that, that I developed, uh, the metrics product I developed, but it's, it's called Actionable Agile and there's a reason, there is a reason. I mean, of all the names that I could have chosen, there is a very definite reason that I called it actionable agile because it really is about taking, taking action, taking control of your own destiny in order to drive uh, you know, better predictability and better outcomes in your process. So um, I always like to say that I'll give you the last word. I'll give you the last word, but then I'll say something else. So I don't know, yeah. is there anything well, else? Well, that's it. Yeah, just, just, just do predictability in, in order to be predictable. And, and the way you do predictability is, 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 is actively managing the items that are in front of you. Yeah. Perfect. All right, well, I actually, I'm actually, my drink is out. That's the problem with, I think, drinking old fashions is uh, yeah. they go down a little bit too easy. So um, that's, that's it for tonight's episode or today's episode or whatever it is. Uh, for, for Nisha in the background there, of course, you know, and my friend and colleague Pratik Singh, my name is Daniel Vacanti. Thank you very much for joining this latest edition of Drunk Agile and We will see you in the next episode. Have a good night.